Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. A pivotal reason to read the Bible is so you can know and be prepared for the times ahead. Ignorance is not going to make you happy. You will just be unprepared. While looking forward to the return of Christ, be empowered to fight the good fight, spreading the good news to unbelievers so that all may have a chance to avoid the wrath of God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 3rd, 2019. I'm going to need to kindly ask that you bear with me for today's update I'm going to address a disturbing matter of grave concern related to Bible prophecy. Actually, there are two serious matters, both of which are very difficult for me personally, one of which has to do with the New York law legalizing abortion up to birth. I'm seeking the Lord about addressing this and would certainly covet your prayers in this regard. This is a very uh, difficult matter and for a number of reasons. Uh, One of which is that my wife and I couldn't have children, had many miscarriages, took us 10 years. And then we also, in the eighth month of our pregnancy with our daughter Noel, learned that she had... Um, a chromosomal disorder that the medical community said was quote-unquote incompatible with life. And we held our daughter in our arms, and she died in our arms at the age of four months. Abortion is a very personal matter. It's a very difficult matter. And I also think of those who have had abortion in their past, like we just talked about in Philippians. I want to encourage you and say to you that it is not the unforgivable sin. And this is something, too, that the enemy uses to destroy people's lives. You know, the baby is in heaven, but the mother and the father have to deal with what they did. And that makes abortion so difficult, so sensitive. And so again, I would really covet your prayers. I'm not going to today take the time, although I uh, will say that if you're able, the Gosnell movie that 
the media tried to suppress, the liberals tried to um, not allow, basically, is now available online to uh, rent live streaming. And I think on Tuesday you can actually rent it by way of a, a DVD for those of you that do that. My wife and I watched it, and it was one of the most horrific things we'd ever seen. And they did a really, really good job on that movie about the true story about this Kermit Gosnell. So um, anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that and address the other matter that's equally personal for me and troubling. I find myself compelled to address this. I don't want to. I feel that I have to. It has to do with what a prominent pastor said to a radio listener who called into the program. The caller was referencing and asking a question about the recent proximity conference which took place in California at the beginning of the year, last month, the beginning of January, with Barry Stagner and Amir Sarafati and Jack Hibbs and Jan Markell. And she had watched this proximity conference online. And she called in and said that she was one of the original Jesus people and for many years has been a watcher waiting for Jesus to come back. She said that she sees what's happening in Syria and that it's becoming a ruinous heap before our eyes. And then she said that this terrified her. So her question to the pastor was, how do you handle what's going on in society? The pastor's response was, and I quote, maybe this type of teaching may not be all that healthy for you. Then he went on to quote Acts chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 where Jesus said, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He then went on to say that this is what Christians are to be focusing on, not what's happening in Syria or what's happening in Iraq, because he said, quite frankly, none of us know what is happening or going to happen. He said, for over 50 years, ever since the establishing of the state of Israel, every six months we hear, it's all coming down this week. And to me, it's just a huge distraction. Then he said this. I would stop listening to and watching that and just get into your Bible and that will make you happy. With all due respect, I would disagree. I don't think the Bible is to make us happy. I think the Bible is to make us ready both Old and New Testament, to ready us. Let me start by providing more of a context to the Acts 1, 7, and 8 reference. I do so because of what happened right after Jesus said this to them about the Holy Spirit and having the power 
to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It all took place over a period of 40 days when Jesus had appeared subsequent to the resurrection. This is what this account in Acts is referencing. It was during this time that Jesus, we're told, gave convincing proof concerning the kingdom of God. And this is what they were intently focused on. Listen to the next two verses after verse 7 and 8, verses 9 and 10. After he, speaking of Jesus, said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back, come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Stay with me. It's my belief that this account in Acts of intently looking up and watching for Jesus to return as he left speaks to the urgency of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm going to talk more about this shortly, but here's the truth of the matter. Scripture is replete with exhortations to be ready, to be watching. The harshest rebuke from the mouth of the Savior was to the religious leaders who could interpret the signs of the weather, but could not interpret the signs of the times. The Savior himself in Luke's gospel, chapter 21, verse 28, said that when you see Bible prophecy beginning to come to pass, look up intently, lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws near. I think of the Apostle Paul. He's at the end of his life. He's run the race we talked about in our Philippian study. He's finished well. He knows what awaits him. And he refers to this crown of righteousness that the Lord has in store for him. Listen to what he says, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, (laughs) there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And again, this has its idea in the original Olympic games where they would give them a wreath, a crown for winning the race, fighting the fight. Only this is a crown that doesn't perish. 
And he says, it's going to be awarded to me on that day. And then he says, not just me, you too. All who have longed, longed, ached, yearned, watched for his appearing. Again, I appreciate your patience with me. Please bear with me and see if you agree with me when I say this. Paul was including the longing for Christ's return in the finishing of the race and the fighting of the good fight. Dare I say that That's what motivated him, empowered him to be able to fight the good fight, to run the race, keeping his eyes on the prize, knowing what awaits. I would suggest that absent this longing for the Lord to return, the urgency of the gospel is gutted out. I'll explain what I mean by that. The return of Jesus Christ is a vital part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings many to salvation in Jesus Christ. How many people have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of Bible prophecy? Truly, this has been our experience in doing these weekly prophecy updates. We are reaching our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. By focusing on Israel as God's prophetic clock and highlighting on a weekly basis, the events in the Middle East of prophetic significance, people are connecting the dots. They're connecting the geopolitical dots with prophecy in the scripture. And I think of what Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 14, verse 29. He said, I tell you, before it happens, what's going to happen So when it happens, you will believe that I am. Unique to scripture is prophecy. No other religious writings have prophecy. They cannot. Only God can tell. The God who knows the end from the beginning can tell us in well nigh one third of the entire Bible what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens with 100% accuracy, not 99%, not 98%, 100% accuracy, we can know that he is God. And this is real. And Jesus is who he said he was. People are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ vis-a-vis the prophecies about the return of Jesus Christ. 
I know for me, when I came to Christ in 1982, man, I just thought, well, the first thing I thought was, thank you, Lord, for not coming back in 1981, right? And you can say the same thing, too, whenever it is that you came to the Lord. But my next thought was, oh, Lord, you're coming, aren't you? Yeah. And you gave us these things in your word as markers by which we could discern the times and the signs of the times to know how close we are. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting because this is a fallen world. And this is not my final destination. And I know that you did not create us for this world. You created us for eternity. And you are coming. And that is the good news. And that is the blessed hope. You know that the people that believe in and teach and are students of Bible prophecy are the ones who have the most urgency in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the return of Jesus Christ can happen at any time. Do you see that as being by God's design? I do. Do you realize that this is God's plan for Israel? What do you mean? It's actually a prophecy concerning Israel because of God's redemptive plan for Israel. Sadly, they're still waiting for the coming, the first coming of their Messiah because they rejected the true Messiah. Why? Because they did not discern the signs and understand the prophecy of his first coming. So now what's going to happen is, according to Bible prophecy, they will embrace a false Messiah, a false Christ, the Antichrist, and that will serve as a catalyst for all of Israel coming to a true saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. It happens by way of prophecy. Just this last Wednesday, Breaking Israel News had a very interesting article about whether Russia was a friend of Israel or a prophetic enemy from the north. In it, they quote Ezekiel 38. We're pretty familiar with Ezekiel 38, aren't we? (laughs) We talk about it like every week. Here's some of what they had to say. In the wake of Israeli airstrikes targeting Iranian military sites in Syria, Russia released what seemed to be conflicting statements. By the way, parenthetically, let me say that uh, the breaking news, I think it was just yesterday, is that both Russia and the United States are pulling out of the uh, arms control treaty. How's that one? Hello? Hello? Some of you are looking at me going, are you going to yell? Because if you're going <laughs> to no, I won't do that. <laughs> kind of not in the mood, I'm sorry. <laughs> the article continues, with a major military presence in Syria, it is essential to understand Russia's intentions for the region. 
Russia's role takes on apocalyptic implications when considering verses that identify the pre-Messiah war of Gog and Magog, referring to Ezekiel 38. The prophet, according to the prophet Ezekiel, it will be a war against Israel fought by a multi-nation coalition led by a nation from the north. By the way, Israel is keenly aware of the prophecy in Ezekiel 38, not for the same reasons that we are. We know that it's an indicator of Christ's return in the rapture of the church. Israel sees it as an indicator of the first coming of their Messiah, which again will be the false Christ, the Antichrist. The article goes on to quote a fascinating teaching from an 18th century rabbinic sage known as Vilna Gaon, who singled out Russian aggression as a precursor to the Messiah. In other words, they, this rabbi has elevated the Ezekiel prophecy to the point where it becomes the marker that their Messiah is about to come. Listen to this quote from this rabbi just before his death in the year 1797, over 200 years ago. Quote, When you hear that the Russians have captured the city of Crimea, which, by the way, Russia annexed the Ukrainian territory of Crimea in 2014, five years ago. This was written in 1797. I continue to quote, When you hear that the Russians have captured the city of Crimea, you should know that the times of the Messiah have started, that his steps are being heard, and... When you hear that Russians have reached the city of Constantinople, today's Istanbul, which is modern-day Turkey, you should put on your Shabbat clothes and don't take them off because it means that the Messiah is about to come any minute. I like that word, any minute, because you know what word it sounds like? Come on, somebody indulge me. (laughs) Imminent. Imminent. Any minute. Imminent. Okay, I feel better now. I didn't even have to yell to do that. Dare I say that we need to clothe ourselves, not in Shabbat clothes, but in Christ, as Paul writing to the Romans says, put on, clothe yourself in Christ, Christ's righteousness, imputed righteousness. Wake up. The day of our salvation has drawn nearer than before. Wake up out of your slumber and put off the deeds of darkness and instead put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself in Christ's righteousness. Why? Because, to quote this rabbi from 1797, Jesus Christ could come at any minute. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. 
This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.